passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spotify, Apple, you name it, you can find us, twitch.tv forward slash upnextpodcast, youtube.com forward slash upnext. And this is a very, very rare show from us, as we are talking about Impact Wrestling. But I know Braden Harrington used to work for those guys, and and he's he's burned out from Impact, from TNA. I wasn't going to get him on this, so I thought... We've got some bridges to to mend here between uh, <laughs> myself and a Mr. Andrew Thompson. Uh, there's been a bit of a hostility over the last few weeks since the Survivor Series games. So I, I reached out my hand and said, Andrew, do you want to talk impact with me? And thankfully, he said yes. So it it's baby steps, just like AEW <laughs> and Impact Wrestling. It's baby steps to try and try and build this thing. Uh, we're going to try that too tonight. So, Andrew, how are you doing, my friend? It's a pleasure to be here, man. Uh, as, as as you just heard, David, we buried the hatchet. Um, let, let, let me just say this: Davy and Brayden, they have something uh, super fantastic going on with the with, with up next, and I lo- love everything you guys do. Uh, but, but you know, we 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 gonna bury the hatchet. We are gonna put it to the side for now until January. And then, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, January. There's it's gonna be more than just the five of us because we've got a thirty man rumble to book. So you're you're gonna have to pick new beefs with new people come January. Uh, hey, we might not even be in the ring at the same time. That's how crazy mm. it's gonna be. Uh, mm. But more of that still to come. But yes, we are here to talk about uh, Impact Wrestling, um, which doesn't get talked about a great deal. Obviously, I I write my reports every Tuesday for postwrestling.com. And Andrew, you being our newsman, you you kind of um, have your fingers on the pulse for everything in wrestling. So um, how much have you been um, keeping up with, with Impact and kind of what have you enjoyed from it over the last year or so? And uh, what was your interest level going into this? Obviously, after the huge news last Wednesday night at the end of AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Well, well, just overall, um, I, I've been able to keep up with Impact. Firstly, you know, 
Now, not that you're saying it because you, with you, I'm doing this podcast that you would do your reports. I think I, I told you before on social media. I think you do a real great job with those, being very extensive and you know keeping at like the, it's real easy to follow along with, with what you write. Um, and then also you know just keeping up with impact through the news. Um, and over, from this year, I would say I, I've really been enjoying it. Women's Division. Mm. I think they have a really solid. I think them and NXT kind of go head to head as far as like who may who may have the best women's division in wrestling. I think both of them are really solid. And I'm um, like, well, one of the more underrated uh, people that I'm really like enjoying in Impact is Johnny Swinger. Like, I, I don't know why, <laughs> but th- I'm t- that 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 dude is hilarious, bro. Like, and, th- and th- Dave, I'm sure you know this. I, I, I know you, you you're a big fan of professional wrestling, obviously, but like I know you tune into a lot of different stuff. You 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 know that it is very rare in wrestling when you find somebody that's like genuinely funny and like not trying to not trying hard to be funny. Like Johnny Swinger is like definitely one of them dudes. Like if it, if anybody has tuned out of Impact and you and you looking for like some entertainment, I I promise you this dude is probably like one of the most funniest people you you'll ever see on TV. Like he is hilarious. I feel uh, I I was very new to Impact. I I never watched TNA back in the day and it was only around March when we went into lockdown where John kind of offered me uh, writing these reports because he knew I'd have a, a lot of downtime and uh, could do with adding some things to my schedule. And I would say the the comedy and especially all the Undead Realm stuff and all that um, <laughs> wasn't my cup of tea, but Impact is so persistent with it that I feel like I got beaten down into submission and I wasn't necessarily a Johnny Swinger fan at first, but the more you watch him, he... I feel like Impact doesn't get screened at all, as in before it goes to air, because some of the stuff he says that he gets away with, just these odd one-liners, he brought up with the Johnny Bravo shooting, he referenced Dino Bravo the other week, and I was like, are you kidding me? And there's, I feel on another program that just wouldn't get by, but he just does it with a smile on his face and just so casually that it's seconds after where you go, wait, did, did he just say that? Um, exactly you know it's it's crazy you mentioned that because i was just thinking about that same episode when he got questioned by tommy dreamer and uh dreamer was like i need i need to check your i need to check your fanny pack and he was like you talking about the pharmacy brother i was like (laughs) and then he was like he was like i i I got i got all the gizimics in here daddy i was like (laughs) this dude is hilarious man but like no seriously i think impact impact they, they really have done a solid job in this whole pandemic stint of pro wrestling i i feel like let, let me ask you this Dave. for somebody that has been tuning in um consistently do you think the the the, the amount of press i think is the right word that impact has not been getting do, do you think that it is because of the network they're on and not that many people have that access to access it could be i mean i'm possibly the wrong person to ask when it comes to that because i can't say i watch any of my wrestling in conventional means you know right like um it's uh especially here in in canada i think you watch uh impact through uh twitch and fight tv and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i would say there is still that tna stink with it for a lot of fans Mm. that have turned people up that gave it so many chances and now that we're in a time where we have other options we've got uh obviously aew but also the likes of MLW um, and stuff like that, which you can watch e- easily on YouTube every week. Um, I think maybe a lot of people have given up on Impact, but I find it an enjoyable 90 minutes every week. I wouldn't say every week you've got these 
blow-away matches, and sometimes I feel they maybe have a bit too much comedic content than necessary. But when mm. you consider that they're still running a show with zero fans, you don't have kind of the Thunderdome setting, you don't have any uh, other wrestlers or trainees at ringside, it is really a cold, empty setting. I think they put on a pretty entertaining show each week, and with actual logical as far as you can be logical with undead realms and stuff like that but <laughs> you can see the direction feuds are going and they build pretty well to the pay-per-views and i think they've had some some solid matches over the last year as you said the the women's division i obviously cover nxt which has one of the best women's divisions if not the best women's division yeah. in the world but i think you put all these women in an nxt setting and you'd be saying the same thing um their women's division is excellent. And I'm actually really pleased that they're doing this tag team tournament right now. Because yeah. unlike WWE, where the only genuine women's tag teams you have, they end up splitting up. And the whole tag team division is just made up of women thrown together. This this tournament is made predominantly by teams that have been tagging for quite a while. Like Nevaeh and mm. Havoc and... Tyre and Rosemary and Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. And I think it's a division that deserves that secondary title because there are so many talented women there. And they are definitely the highlight for me each and every week. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I feel if I wasn't writing these reports, I'd still be checking in with Impact because I think it is an enjoyable 90 minutes. It's different from what AEW are offering and uh, what WWE are offering. But... There's a lot of talent there that you want to keep your eye on and and kind of I'm kind of rooting for these guys, all these guys in this situation, um, because you can definitely see the talent there. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, and, and specifically going back to the uh, the knockouts tag title tournament. I, I don't know why, but I, I feel like Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles might, might be the perfect first champions right there. I, I feel like uh, it uh, with just a prediction. I, I feel like it'll end up being a. Uh, Kira, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering the bracket correctly, I think it'll probably end up being uh, Tasha and Kier versus uh, Jordan and Jazz, or that might be the fi- that might be the semifinals or the finals. But uh, well, I, I, either way, I think it's gonna be that kind of s- maybe sympathy moment for 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 Jazz uh, because you know she's coming out of retirement, um, and you know I think people a lot, a lot of people have a lot of fanfare towards Jazz, and I feel like it'll be a good kind of like heel thing for Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles, but I feel like in the end everybody end up rooting for them anyway. So I, I'm, I'm like like you said, I think they have a really solid women's division, man, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward. And then like you said, again, it kind of it, it kind of you know spaces out people because the you, you you can slap uh, different people in and out of that knockouts title scene. And I think Deanna Perrazzo has done a, a great job so far. Like that 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 turnaround that she had from leaving NXT to where she is now is is, is kind of crazy. Like, cause when when she was in NXT, dude, like, sometimes I honestly forgot she was there. Like, she was in the company. And then, like, when she went to Impact, like, she just did this complete 360 and, you know, just turned her whole presentation around. And, you know, they kind of se- seemingly just let her morph this character, this idea, and, you know, just do with it what she will. And then, you know, she made it happen, man. So, you know, kudos to her. Absolutely. I mean... Aside from maybe a vignette in the Mae Young Classic talking about her background, I don't think she ever spoke in NXT. And <laughs> um, she's got a great promo and a great character in her. So we, we all knew she could wrestle, but I think Impact's been great for her in 
proving what a performer she is and definitely the right person to be leading that division as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. obviously the elephant in the room is AEW. Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. your new AEW champion, closing out Dynamite, arm in arm, literally with Don Callis as they're running away and Callis says, uh, find out all about it next Tuesday on Impact. Now, what what were your expectations going into uh, to tonight? Obviously, uh, it's the most I've heard people talk about Impact for a while going into this. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to get a, a great number ratings-wise tonight. But um, how excited were you for this? Did you feel this was maybe just going to be a little stun and not much was going to come from it? Or do you think there was going to be some sort of genuine story and partnership going on? How, how excited were you for today's Impact? Yeah, so uh, when, when after last week's Dynamite, when Don Callis first said it, I, 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 I was kind of excited, admittedly excited, because it's just like seeing two televised companies, two two companies that have uh, their own respective net different networks, kind of you know come together and work together. It was it, it it was it was cool to cool to see or cool to hear at the time. And then like you know as the days went on, you start to see Impact hyping it up and AEW hyping it up, and you know you you could kind of tell it, it wasn't just going to be something that was just like oh. You know, let let's let, let's just say it to say it, or let's say it to, you know, do this one week off thing. And I'm, and I mean, just just from seeing the segment uh, that that occurred on Impact with Kenny Don and and Josh Matthews, you can tell this is. Now, I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be something that's still gonna be in effect a year from now, but you could tell this is not gonna be something that's just gonna be like a month, and that's just gonna be it. I feel like there is gonna be some type of talent exchange and, and, and it may not be to the degree of what we saw on social media you know with making these different type of dream matches i don't think it's gonna be something like that i, I think it might be two maybe two or three talent exchanges um at, on a big show on aew's uh on aew's platform uh or, or on their word i think is the better way to say it but uh, it, it's gonna be interesting to see for sure man i'm excited to see what ultimately comes of this but one thing that i did want to point out dave and i think you agree with me is that in that in that segment with kenny and don and josh i i, I genuinely think that don needs to be with kenny 24 7 oh 100 like, percent. yeah yeah because yeah, i i feel like you can you can legit see the confidence in kenny when he's with don and, and it's weird because get like I, I don't know if it's just me, but like I, I always felt like so whenever as soon as soon as Kenny Omega came over to uh to to the states to be with AEW full time and you know take on the executive role, j- just on the in ring side, I felt like he was like really he he was like kind of up and down in a way, or not up and down, up and up and in the middle at times. Like as far as the in ring work, it's like I just felt like he didn't compare to this 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 thing that he built from when he was in New Japan. And from what from what we knew him as, and like now, I, f- I feel like it's more he he's leaning towards the more character based Kenny Omega opposed to the in ring work. And I feel like him having Don right there, like it, it it will really make him take take it to the next level, man. And I'm I think that him and Don should really be a permanent thing on, on television together. I agree with you. I see Kenny since he's been kind of turning a bit more heel. He's proven that he can speak on the mic that he's good yeah and i see this partnership more like uh Heyman with punk than Heyman with brock do you know what i mean mm. more more like these are two guys that can talk but just have this friendship and this chemistry and just feed off of each other and grow on that rather than 
Callis strictly being a mouthpiece. Um, but I'm with you. I, I After this week's segment, I need to see these two together more. And I agree with you. Coming out of this show, it feels like this isn't a one and done thing. We're going to get some more stuff. I, I know there were some reports going on during the week that um, this was going to be a one-off thing and this was going to be Callis's write-off. After watching the show, it doesn't seem that way. And, and I'm, right. I'm glad to see that because um, I think I'd have felt a bit tricked if I came in today and it was just, all right, I'm leaving Impact and going to AEW. You'd feel like, oh man, because you want to come out of this show watching Impact, wanting to tune in again. You you, you want the idea of this show to to get new Impact fans as well as an interesting story on Dynamite. And for me, I, I think they succeeded tonight. Mm. And, and, and did you, I was going to ask you, did you, uh, I, I, I don't know if you was going to get into it, uh, uh, but I was going to talk about the, um, the the segment, the little mini segment that Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone had. We'll, they were doing like, yeah, we're we going to get into that. We'll get into that. Well, let, let's okay, go to okay, the top cool, of the cool, show cool. and then we can, uh, we can give our thoughts as we go. Uh, so the show opens with highlights from last Wednesday's AEW Dynamite main event between Moxley and Omega, uh, which saw the Impact Wrestling Executive Vice President Don Callis helping Omega win the AEW World Championship and announcing that they'll reveal tonight on Impact what's going on. We then cut to like an aerial view of this tour bus, this big <laughs> tour bus approaching Skyway Studios and Josh Matthews announces that he's got an exclusive interview tonight with Omega and Callis. The first match of the evening is Josh Alexander from the North taking on Chris Sabin of the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, there's been this bit of feud going on right now between the North, uh, the Machine Guns and the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers have just claimed the uh the tag titles and we're going into yep. i believe it's ethan page against uh cole anderson at this saturday's pay-per-view so this match between alexander and sabin um the match starts off with both kind of just trying to wrestle with alexander trying to use his muscle a bit more but sabin using his speed to kind of escape there's some really nice chain wrestling between the two uh, Saban makes a comeback with a dragon screw leg whip and goes for multiple pin attempts before hitting a tope suicida to the outside. Saban attempts a hurricane rana, however, this is countered into this power bomb across the knee, which looked pretty devastating from Alexander. Alexander follows up with this big over-the-head over belly-to-belly suplex, but Saban comes back immediately with a drop kick, followed by a standing shining wizard. Um, this match is really back and forth between the two, uh, really entertaining. Alexander hits a ripcord elbow and he goes to deliver another elbow when Ethan Page, who's on the outside, goes, hey, forget the elbow, drop him on his head, drop him on his head. And mm. Alexander looks kind of pissed off here and he's like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Like, leave me alone. Turns around and Sabin capitalizes by rolling up Alexander for the win in 9 minutes, 17 seconds. Uh, what were your thoughts on this opening match here, Andrew? Uh, I, I think it was a solid opener to kick off the show. Uh, I am interested in, you know, this whole dynamic with uh, with, with, with the North. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan Page has kind of been like in a, like a little mini slump, right? Like on screen, like his character is kind of like, you know, going through a little bit of, uh, a little bit of struggles, right? Yeah, that, as far as like in ring, in ring wise and stuff like that, like he's been losing a couple matches, right? 
Exactly. He's been on a bit of a, yeah. a, a losing streak. They obviously lost the tag titles at the last um, Impact right. Plus special. Um, and their dynamic, him and Alexander, is always Ethan Page. Is, he's the wild card. He's known to have kind of multiple personalities and, and freak out and get overhyped for matches. Re- whereas Alexander is more the, the straight man of the two. And over the last right. few weeks, they seem to be building up a bit that Alexander's getting more and more frustrated by Ethan Page. And I see these as signs as they're going to split the North. And I love the North as a tag team. And especially if we are going to have some kind of partnership with AEW, I would love to see the North against some of the tag teams in AEW. But on regular weekly TV, I feel as a team, they've kind of run their course. They had their epic title reign. And I think there's money in both these guys, especially Paige as singles competitors. So I'm kind of pleased yeah. that they're starting to drop little little hints at a breakup here. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I know uh, Ethan Paige's contract with Impact Spies uh, at the end of this year. And I don't know. I don't, well, it's, it's not public knowledge that he uh, or what, what he's going to do. I think that's going to be a decision that he's going to end up making. But I know he has publicly stated that his contract with Impact is up at the end of the year. So it, it's kind of interesting to see how this is kind of fall, like how this, you know, th- this thing is kind of falling out as far as him and Josh Alexander go on screen. So I'm I'm, I'm real interested to see how the next couple of weeks go and how you know the television is, is mapped out for you know for Impact Wrestling and I like. Yeah, I, I agree with you definitely. I think him and Josh Alexander. I, I think there is money in them as a tag team, but they've been teaming for a long time too mm-hmm. on the Indies and in Impact. And and I, I think I, I think a lot of people do want to see su- a, at least one one match in AEW, and, and may and maybe that could be the 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 catalyst to them finally breaking up. Like you, like we we finally got here to this uh th- this big stage, and then the reason we lose because of you. I'm done, and then that maybe that you know can carry over to Impact, and then. You know, Ethan Page can make a decision as far as what he wants to do as far as his career goes. So I, it, it is an interesting dynamic, man. So, yeah, it's going to be cool to see uh, what happens over the next couple of weeks. I may be dreaming this, but am I wrong that they announced Ethan Page is facing Darby Allen sometime in January? Mm, is that what was that for? You talking about for AEW? Yeah. Mm, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I heard it. But... I... I'm pretty sure I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure they mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. So it could be like a TNT title match and it could be a way of kind of getting the North in there if they're going to do something with the Bucks or whatever before you eventually split them up. But if you do have this partnership, I'd like them to just hold off a little bit longer oh, so we can get those dream matches. You, you, you want to know what I probably think that was? I think that, you know, like I mentioned, I think people know that, um, you know, Ethan has a decision to make. So I feel like people kind of, you know, probably fantasy book that Darby, um, Ethan match because they had that long feud and evolve and they had a lot of good matches and evolve together. And I think people probably was like, hey, you know, Ethan, you might as well go ahead and re, re, you know, reconnect that old feud with Darby because they really did have some real good solid matches together a couple years ago when they was uh yeah when they was in evolve. So that 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 might be what that was. But I I love to see uh Ethan and Darby running back. Absolutely. Wasn't it Paige who broke his elbow or who broke Darby's <laughs> elbow in the body bag or something like that? That crazy spot. Yeah. But good match to open the show. I mean, the Josh Alexander and Chris Sabin, two very solid wrestlers. And I thought this was an, an entertaining opening wrestling match. We go backstage and we see Moose sat down in his dressing room looking very pensive. He's just staring at his fists and Chris Bay comes in 
and kind of wants to talk strategy ahead of their tag team match tonight. Um, but Moose is just blanking him, completely ignoring him. So Bay gets annoyed and is like, hey, look, I'm talking to you. And Moose just says, I let my fists do the talking. Bay says, well, I've got a world heavyweight championship shot on Saturday. And if I win, you may be wanting to talk to me. So he goes, yeah, I'll let my fists do the talking then too. Um, So kind of, hey, it's tag team partners that don't get along. Who'd have thought it in wrestling, eh? Mm. Um, But I, I have quite enjoyed Moose's character. He's... He's been playing this deluded uh, champion, obviously stealing the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, walking around with it, declaring himself the champion, the true champion. And since his feud with EC3, he's kind of taken elements of EC3's character and incorporated it into his. So he seems a lot more serious now and focused on his uh, destiny, if you will. And it looks like whoever's going to win on Saturday, whether it be Swan or Bay, will be facing Moose. And whether it's going to be some kind of unification match or double title or whatever, uh, that's where I see it going. But uh, what have you thought of Moose's character and his character arc the last year or so? Yeah, admittedly, I I wasn't... I've never been like that into the Moose character. Of course, him as an in-ring worker, I think he's very solid. And of course, he has the size and he got the look. And um, like, but just overall, as the carry that goes over the past year, I really haven't been into it. But I would say since the whole EC3, uh, the EC3 cinematic match happened, I feel like, I I feel like that's a well. I, of course, we. I mean, I, I don't know who you know if EC3 was the one that was like, I think Moose should win, or you know if that was just out of his control. But I think that was a, I think that was a real solid move right there to have Moose come out of that strong, and then EC3 be on his way out. Um, it, it seems to be you know, of course, he's gonna be on Ring of Honor, uh, and he's gonna be wrestling on their final battle show. And like, but I, I think that was like a real good thing for Moose to kind of come out of that strong and then kind of, you know, just f- fill it around with his character a little bit and like have him, like you said, this delusional champion, the thing that he's been doing. And like now he's taking on more of a serious tone. So, you know, with with, with, with Chris Bay and Rich Swan, like for real, for real, bro, like I, I, I really can't call that. Like, I don't I like I, I can see Rich Swan retaining, but I feel like going into this um this AEW thing and, you know, just the. The, the possibilities out there like i i, I don't think we're gonna get an AEW versus impact world champion i don't think that's gonna happen because i feel like it's too much like uh politics in that like because i'm pretty sure neither wants to have their world champion losing on tv or losing like to another world champion i'm, I'm pretty sure that's a that, that's probably something real difficult to navigate but you know we'll see but like i i, I wouldn't be surprised if chris bay beats Chris swan at a uh, final resolution like i, I really wouldn't I, I can see them going really? like full blast behind behind chris bay i, I can see it man because he because he got the he got of course he got the social media following like they obviously i, I think the in-ring work speaks for itself and like he's like very connected to this younger audience that impact is trying to draw in and, and i and i feel like chris bay is kind of he's like a real relatable dude so like i i really wouldn't be surprised if they take the title off swan but at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if they kept the title on swan like it uh, honestly bro like you, you could go either way and it wouldn't be a bad decision D- don't get me wrong i i'm a big fan of chris bay i just feel this this title this year has flopped about so much you obviously yeah. had tessa blanchard <laughs> just like never lost it just they had to take it off of her and then you had eddie edwards then you had Eric Young, now Rich Swan. It just, it feels, I I need like a decent length run to kind of really 
like cement this title because uh, it's just flipping about all over the place. Um, that was keeping the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I am a fan of Chris Bay, and I actually think it's going to be uh, a match I'm really looking forward to see this uh, this weekend um, between Swan and himself. The next segment, we go into our first bit of kind of AEW stuff on the show. Um, this is a paid advertisement from AEW. It's got the kind of retro uh, NWA power sort of background here. And you see Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan uh, stood in front. And Tony Khan basically says that Kenny Omega is going to be on the show tonight. So he thought he would be too. And he could have just filed an injunction against Omega for breach of contract. But he thinks this is good for business and is a way of promoting AEW. So he's like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about Kenny being on the show. The only thing I'm not happy about is the way he won the championship. He calls it disgraceful and says that the greatest champion in pro wrestling didn't deserve that. Referring to, obviously, John Moxley. And he said, look, I even helped Kenny uh, arrange this bus to bring him here tonight. And you know what? I'd like to invite Don Callis on it on Dynamite tomorrow night as well. And I'll make arrangements for him. He then starts to promote tomorrow's card, including MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, Lance Archer and Lucha Brothers versus Eddie Kingston, Butcher and The Blade. And then he goes to say, hey, I've heard there are some really great tag teams in Impact Wrestling. But tomorrow you can see the greatest tag team in the world, the Young Bucks, take on the Hybrid 2. Um... He says that he's interested in having a look at certain tag teams in Impact Wrestling. And he addresses some rumours that he might even be interested in buying Impact. Before he turns mm-hmm. to Tony Schiavone mm-hmm. and goes, Hey, Tony, weren't you in Impact for a cup of coffee? And Shivani says, Yeah, I worked one night at Impact and then I quit the business for 18 years. <laughs> Khan then tells Shivani that he loves him and he promotes tomorrow that Shivani will be talking to Sting. And it's like, hey, when was the last time you spoke to Sting? He's like, oh, about 20, 25 years ago. He's like, wow, 25 years. Uh, Khan finishes by saying he can't wait to see Kenny tomorrow and hear what he has to say. And once again, he invites Don Callis to come along. Um, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. I was just expecting the Omega Callis segment later. Yeah. I thought this was fantastic. And Tony Khan is someone who's deliberately not been on screen a great deal. He's he's never really cut a promo, never been in the ring or anything. Um, he's made quite the effort of not being that authority figure in AEW. And this is pretty much the most I've ever seen him talk. And I thought he was great. He seemed like a really nice guy here, but then had all these just sly digs at impact saying things like (laughs) oh he was fantastic just just saying the greatest champion in pro wrestling is knocking rich swan um saying that oh you've got some really good tag teams here but then bringing up the greatest tag team in the world is in his company in the young bucks um all these little digs were fantastic and the the Shivani line of, yeah, I worked one night for this company and then quit the business for 18 years. It was that bad. 
uh, I thought was great and definitely um, set the seeds for some mm-hmm. kind of rivalry between the two. I love this. Kick started. That's how you kickstarted, bro. But like, it, it was funny, like, because I'm so glad you mentioned that, because I was like, about the only one that's like peeping this right now, like this little undercover like satire, like that they got going on right now, like low key clowning impact. Like, I'm like on the only one peeping this, and like, it was it was funny because I, I like the part where uh, when, when when Tony Khan was like, he was like, um, what would he say? He was like, you you well, you know, I I, I I could easily just pull Kenny Omega off the show, and I could say he was breaching the contract, and I could shut this whole thing down. To be honest with you, and, and like that that was like one of those things. But like, and, and, and of course, I, I'm sure it's all within the show, and they all just talked about it and have a good time. But David, but David, you know, just going through life in general, you know how people say stuff sometimes as a joke, but they really, <laughs> but low key, they they like so serious, and they 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 like they 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 possibly could mean it like like in a serious way. So like it, it was it was like kind of one of those like little funny things that I that I kind of peeped from Tony Khan and just that whole segment. I, I think it was really really played out really played out really well. And of course, Shivani being there, uh, I, I think both of them were great in this segment, and I enjoyed it. And I think like again, it's gonna be. Like one of those, like just a little small seeds that people are gonna catch. You know, that's gonna end up kicking off to you know the next big thing. As much as also just bringing up the rumors of him being of him buying Impact, but buying not Impact. actually <laughs> not actually addressing whether he wants to do that or not. He just says there are rumors that I want to buy Impact anyway, and moves on. Uh, this was one of the highlights of the night for me. I thought this was great, and I like AEW's choice of not using Tony Khan too much. But here I thought he proved that he can actually, he can do it if he needs to as well. Our Mm. next match of the night is Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, versus TJP. Now, the story here is TJP has been feuding for a while now with Rohit Raju. And uh, he kept on getting cheated out of um, winning the X Division title. And eventually they had a match where if TJP lost, he could never challenge for the title again. But he got screwed out of that match and therefore can't challenge. And Brian Myers kind of mocked him a bit last week. So that set up this match. Uh, Mm. It starts with Myers just showing his uh, strength advantage over TJP. They grapple up and he shoves him to the mat, starts talking some trash the two lock up again, and this time TJP is able to escape, and uh, it's just a lot of TJP using his speed to get out the way of Myers. He catches him in a sharpshooter and transitions into this nice uh, kind of like sharpshooter mood lock, which looked great. Um, TJP is just so smooth in the ring. He's, he's really a joy to watch, I think. Uh, TJP starts mocking Myers by doing a like a headstand in the corner, goading Myers in and then catches him with a leg scissors. He hits a springboard cross body followed by the three amigos. He goes for the Mamba splash, but Myers moves out the way and hits a flatliner. Myers then charges at TJP, but is caught with the knee bar. TJP goes for the Mamba splash again, but this time Myers gets the knees up and transitions to a pin attempt for a two. TJP gets the knee bar locked in again, but this time Myers grabs the referee and throws him on top to break the hold, follows up with a clothesline to TJP, and Brian Myers wins in 7 minutes 8 seconds. Yeah, like I I do think this this was a a decent match, and now that you... Like for like, I always knew TJP was always involved in Rohit. Like him and Rohit was always involved in each, in the storyline together. But what what really caught my eye was the 
the uh, the post match segment that they had with him and Ruhi, and I, I feel like because they're doing the um. What, what is it? The the one last shot thing with Rohit? Somebody get a knockout? I mean, I said knockout was an uh, activated title shot, and and I feel like it, it might maybe TJP might pop up in the suicide costume or something like that and and beat Rohit. Like I always think that that might be a possibility. But yeah, man. I, I, as far as the uh, Brian Myers and uh, TJP match goes, I, I think it was it, it was solid and it uh, it was like one one of those. Nah, I don't want to call it like a like a space filler because that's not what it was at all. I think it was a decent match. Um, but I, I was more so interested in the, the the fallout of this match opposed to the actual match. Yeah, I, I actually thought this was one of Maya's best matches since going to Impact. I can't say I'm particularly high on him, but um, TJP, I thought, worked a really good match with him here. I am not a fan of this new finisher that Myers is using, the clothesline. It it just looks like a regular clothesline to me. <laughs> if, if, if your finish is going to be a clothesline, it's got to be like a Stan Hansen, a JBL lariat. You know, we see so many yeah, clotheslines yeah. in matches that Myers is clearly bigger than a lot of the guys in this company, but you don't think of him as this monster, you know? So I think maybe work on a different finisher, but the match was solid, I thought. Pretty entertaining. We see Cody Dina backstage, who is looking real focused. The story going into this is that him and Cousin Jake have been repeatedly beaten down by Eric Young and Joe During in the last few weeks. And Cody Dina feels like he's got to prove himself because he's treated like he's nothing. And Eric Young was someone who uh, trained with him. They used to go on the road together. And to be treated like that by someone from his past is really disrespectful. Cousin Jake is saying, look, uh, Young's going to have During in his corner. So I want to be there for you too. But Cody says, whatever happens, I don't want you getting involved in the match because I need to prove that I'm not a nobody. I thought Cody Dean was great here. He's someone who's been uh, a lot of comic relief this last year, especially during the initial lockdown when um, people couldn't really, uh, like the Canadians couldn't come into the US. He was doing all these cool vignettes of how to survive quarantine and stuff like that. He's he's an entertaining guy, but it was really nice to see this serious side of him here. And I thought both him and Jake played this really well. Yeah, like, you, you want to know what I always wondered as far as uh, like uh, the Deaners go, man. Like I always wonder how they aren't doing more with Jake something. Like, because he like to, to me, when, when I see the both of them together, he always kind of like, like outshines out, out Cody Deaner as far as like just the presentation goes and like I like I, I did think Cody Deaner did a real good job of like ma- ma- making it making it known that he needs to do something on his own and, and I feel like I, I, I feel like j- just by his facial expressions at the end of the match I felt like he got even more upset at Jake for even helping him like he didn't want no help at all with anything and then I feel like that's gonna be an interesting like character arc that they they know that they play out over the next couple of weeks but I always wonder like how Jake something has been kind of like rele- relegated to this Deaner's storyline pairing over the past two years that I've seen him in Impact. I agree. When I've seen them in tag matches, it's it's Jake who stands out. He's got some real great size and strength behind him, but he's so agile as well. Like he's got a lot going for him. And Cody Deaner, if he can move more into that sort of mouthpiece role, but the Deaners do a bit less comedy, a bit less of the beer drinking comedy, and more serious stuff like they showed tonight i think cousin jake could really move up the card and and be a bit more of a bigger deal 
Mm. This is where we go to the segment backstage where Rohit Raju is mocking TJP for his loss against mm-hmm. Brian Myers. Uh, Raju's saying that 2020 isn't TJP's year. Let's face it, whose year is it? <laughs> Hasn't been the best. Um, but he's saying that he is the best X Division champion in history. And at final resolution, it will be the final defeat Rohit challenge of the year. And it's open to everyone except TJP. And TJP wishes Rohit luck for the final defeat Rohit challenge. But there's this twinkle in his eye that like he he has a plan or he knows something that Rohit doesn't know. Um, they teased a couple of weeks ago that TJP was going to on the suicide costume and they had a whole match where uh Rohit Raju was facing suicide but throughout the whole match he was trying to take the mask off of him because he was sure it was TJP and it actually turned out to be crazy Steve so I don't know if they'll go down that route again uh with it this time being TJP I wonder if this is a way to debut someone and if T- mm. TJP knows exactly who it is who's going to debut, who is going to defeat Rohit. But off the top of my head, I, I can't think who this will be. Um, do you just think it's going to be the TJP in the suicide costume? Oh, now see, now, now you got me thinking it, it could be somebody like a surprise, uh, a surprise debut. I, I, I think that'll be that'll be some cool. Like if it is a surprise debut um and 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 let's say that person isn't going to be signed to impact then then maybe they should go the route of just having tjp do it and having tjp beat him because i i feel like rohit has really shown out you know ever since he got the 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 exhibition title and i think he's done a real solid job as champion is like and like it's i remember um I think it was earlier this year I had a chance to interview Rohit and he was just talking about like how he, he didn't feel like Impact really gave him the opportunity to like really hop on the mic like he was always relegated to the Desi Hit squad and it wasn't really anything of like and, and he enjoyed uh, his time with them of course like but he it was just like nothing of substance like he couldn't really mm. sink his teeth into it too much and then now to see where he was where his mindset was back then to where he is now and like getting the mic time and getting, you know, the opportunity to like really flex his character out. I feel like he, he kind of deserves like a little bit more time with the, with the X division title. But I, I feel like with, with the overall story and, and the way things are going, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's TJP in that uh, suicide costume. I found Rohit so entertaining this year. When, when I started watching, he was in that like Heath Slater role of just yep. jobbing to everyone and even when he won the title, you didn't see it lasting long. And he has really stepped up. His promos are great. He's so entertaining in the ring, marrying his character work with... I think he's a great wrestler as well. Uh, just puts it all together. He's definitely someone that stepped up this year. And um, possibly without this pandemic, it you, you might not be going with a guy like Rohit in this division. But... I think they've done really well with this guy and really happy to see him shine through. We go to our next match of the night, which is Eric Young with Joe During versus Cody Dina with Cousin Jake. As soon as the bell rings, Dina charges at Young, but eats an elbow to the face. Dina is just relentless here and consistently just charging at Young until he's able to take him down to the mat delivering punches he drags him into the corner and starts stomping a mud hole in him yelling i'm not a nobody 
Dina attempts like a spear into the corner, but Young moves, sending him shoulder first into the ring post. This allows Young to take the advantage and hit a great looking Death Valley driver for a two count. Uh, Young starts to deliver more strikes to Dina, but Cody is kind of hulking up and begging him to give him more, give him more. Dina then fires back with some clotheslines and back elbows, hits a scoop slam and climbs to the top. As he's on the top, it looks like Joe Doring's going to interfere, but Cousin Jake steps off up to kind of stare him down. And Dina has a look to both of them, like, don't you dare, he needs to do this on his own. But took too much time on the top of the rope, goes for a flying headbutt, but Young moves, picks him up, hits the pile driver to secure the win in 3 minutes 44 seconds. I thought this was a great sprint of a match. I'm not really usually a fan of matches that go under four minutes. Um, but I thought Dina in this short space of time was able to show that fire and that more serious side to him. Um, obviously, Eric Young is the priority here is this monster heel. So it made sense that he goes over. But I thought Cody Dina showed off a lot here. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, as, as I, uh, you know, we, we we just talked about this uh, not too long ago, but it was just like I, I think he really, you know, he 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 made he made himself kind of stand out from Jake something as per usual. It's always Jake something that stands out uh, within the group. So, and and I think they might be kind of leaning towards. I, I think it would be better for Cody Dean and like if, if the route they're going is for him to separate from Jake something. I think it's going to be better for Cody to be the heel because I feel like Jake has all the intangibles, and I feel like. If he just leaves, like if, if, if let's say if the roles were reversed, right, and let's say hypothetically, uh, Jake something were to turn on Cody, then I feel like Cody would be just like completely lost, dude. Like, like after after the food after the feud, but like if you turn it around, I think it gives kind of Cody just a little bit more time to kind of flesh his character out, and it'd be easier to make that transition opposed to it being the other way around. I agree. It makes total sense that if you're gonna go with this feud, um between Cody and Jake that Cody is the frustrated yeah. person pushing his his friend his cousin away and Jake is the one hurt by this so uh would be the baby face here uh after the match both during and um and young attempt to beat down Cody but Jake makes the save he gets beaten up as well and then Rhino's music hits and Rhino comes out with a, a lead pipe and chases During and Young away. I can't say I've been a big fan of this Eric Young character. It feels this whole Young and During thing is too similar to the stuff they're doing with Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. And mm. it's not particularly interesting for me. And I am kind of over Eric Young at this point. <laughs> and the idea of a Rhino-Eric Young match doesn't particularly excite me either. But Coming out of this, yeah, it's as you're saying, it's the it's the Dina's story I'm looking forward to more um, than whatever's going on with Eric Young. Yeah, well, well Eric, I, like, I don't know what it is. Man. Look, he, he got a nice theme song. I like his theme <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, like I, I was just like every time I think of Eric Young, as like I always think back to his time and um in in, in WWE and I, I like. Not, not not everybody's post WWE run is always defined by what they did in WWE, but I feel like 
like even though Impact did put the world title on Eric Young, and I feel like he did really lock in on this heel character and really kind of make the strides to kind of separate what he separate what he is now from what he was months ago and last year. It, it, it still is like that kind of. You you know that kind of disconnect just a little bit, or maybe that's just me. I, I know there's plenty of people out here that really enjoy Eric Young's work, but I, I feel like in order to keep him fresh, I think I, I don't think him feuding with Rhino is going to do him any favors. I think you need to keep him in there, like with with the Chris Bays, with the with the Rich Swans, like keep him in there with people, man, that he can really bounce off of in ring wise. And I think of course Eric Young can handle his own. Uh, on the mic, but I feel like just for for in ring work, man. Like I, I like I, I'm with you. I'm not interested in seeing him and and, and Rhino grunt no. at each other for, for for 15 minutes. Yeah, for for me, there's just been no substance with him. Uh, it feels like for months now, it's just he attacks someone, gets the mic, and just says, "This is my world. This is my world." Okay, but what does that mean? You're you're saying the same thing. You're doing the same thing every week. Joe Doring, however, he's someone I'm I'm interested in. I've I've not seen any of his work. I've heard he was pretty good in all Japan. Um, so that interests me a lot more than whatever's going on with Eric Young. And if Young is a way to elevate Doring, I, I may be a bit more into it. But Joe, Joe Doring makes a lot of faces. That's all I see. Like he makes faces. Like whenever I see him, he just makes faces. I'm like, like it, it like I. I the thing, the thing with Joe Doran is, man, like I, I don't know what it, and this kind, of, it, 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 it's not even the same thing with Eric Young. Like I, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like with Joe Doran, like, like, and even the in ring stuff, it looked like he kind of like, like he, he like kind of stands in the same place. Like when he does, like, it, you, like if you, if he moves around when he tries to do stuff, it's like he, he looks really out of place. And I don't right. know if that's just me, but like it's like something I'm not just, it, it just don't. It's not looking right. Maybe he's not all the way comfortable yet. Like maybe he's trying to like just figure figure his spot out, or like maybe he's just not really you know in, in the mix yet in ring wise as far as like impact goes. Like I don't know, maybe. But it's just like I don't know with the with the Joe Doran thing. Like maybe it just need to take a little bit more more time for me to get accustomed to it. To him, yeah, I just need to see him in a match. Really, I yeah. I, yeah. I can't really judge a guy who's just stood at ringside and hits a power bomb or whatever, you know. Uh, our next segment, we have a very angry Johnny Bravo backstage with Tony, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Bravo is furious, and to be honest, rightfully so, that Larry D is just walking around at impact because it was revealed that Larry D shot him. And he's going, look, this guy should be arrested. What's going on? Why is he here? Dreamer tells Bravo to calm down, relax, and trust him. He's got this. Dreamer's then holding a kendo stick, approaches Larry D and tells him that he's going to take him down to the police station. Larry D is going, look, I was set up, I was set up and goes, hey, how about it's final resolution on Saturday? You v me. And if I beat you, I don't have to go to the police station. But Tommy, if you beat me, I'll voluntarily go to the police station. Um... Wow, what a stipulation! <laughs> quite, quite the stipulation, man. Uh, but yeah, J- Johnny Bravo, uh, right, rightfully upset uh, that that you know somebody somebody tried to take him out, but Larry D tried to take him out the game. But like, I, but I, I, I'm gonna admit to you, Dave, I was very disappointed. No Johnny Swinger, 
I, I, I was I was hoping I was hoping for some Johnny Swing in this segment, but you know, nonetheless. nonetheless. How much of that was? Hey, we've got a lot of eyes on us tonight. Maybe maybe don't let Johnny Swinger have his bit. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, me, I I felt they definitely toned down the comedy. This this segment yeah, was yeah, pretty much the yeah. only comedy segment of the night, and normally you get a lot more on impact than just this. Um, but yeah. Real, real, real. I was about to say real quick, you want to know what I need? I, I need to see Swinger trying to pitch himself to Tony Khan to get the AEW. <laughs> I t- I'm telling you, like, d- d- just just give this dude like five minutes, bro. I'm telling you, he 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 is hilarious. I know me and you talked about that earlier, but th- that that dude is like genuinely funny. I wouldn't be against uh, an AEW Championship match on Impact Wrestling, Kenny Omega versus Johnny Swinger. <laughs> <laughs> That, that that's that's gonna get that's gonna get us banned off the airwaves. <laughs> book it, book it, Don. Book it, book it, Scott. Um, yeah, I I mean I don't know why Bravo just doesn't go to the police himself and press charges, but you know wrestling. Uh, we have another segment with Tommy Dreamer. He's now in Scott Demore's office, and Demore's a bit annoyed with him. He's like, look, there's one thing I really hate, and that's wrestlers making matches for themselves. But you know what? You versus Larry D, it will probably be best for the show, so I'll allow it. Uh, Dreamer says that he's feeling very uncomfortable about Kenny Omega being there tonight and that Don Callis is only ever out for himself. Demore tells Dreamer that having Kenny Omega um, is best for business and that uh, even Lance Storm thought this was a good idea and Lance Storm is never happy Mm -hmm. about anything. Uh, (laughs) Demore basically tells Dreamer to go back to the locker room and try and keep everyone happy as the locker room leader and promises him that this is a good thing for Impact. Uh, I think Scott Demore is very good in these segments. Um, I quite like him as your... He's more of a babyface authority figure that you don't get too much in wrestling. And I, I, I think he treads the line pretty well here. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Scott Demore is... Uh, he, he's, he's, he is a good on-screen uh, authority figure. And uh, like... I, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see how this on screen dynamic kind of plays out between him and Don Kyler because obviously Don is in favor of Kenny so and 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 I feel like it's gonna come to a point on screen where Scott's like okay like you know I I, I get I get Kenny's family but like you know you're an executive here so let's kind of hearken on our guys and Don's gonna be like well you know that's Kenny like and I, I feel like it's gonna be an interesting dynamic uh that those two are gonna have going forward and then it's gonna be interesting to see if they kind of you know I, I, I don't think Tony Khan is gonna get that involved to the extent where he's gonna be like in this executive few thing with Kyla's and I don't think it's gonna go that far but it'll be interesting to see if Khan kind of you know instigates that or it, it, it's a variety of options they can have man yeah I, I definitely see maybe the feud being more so Callis and Scott Demore, you're right, yeah. and and maybe keep Tony just to these these segments with Tony Schiavone because um, I thought that worked so well tonight. Our next match is the final first round match in the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. We have your Knockouts Champion Diana Perazzo teaming with Kimberly versus Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. Uh, Perazzo and Rosemary start the match uh, with Perazzo repeatedly just going for the arm of Rosemary, trying to get that Fujiwara armbar in. Um, Rosemary manages to escape and gets the tag to Taya. 
And then the whole next portion of the match is just Perazzo and Kimberly isolating Tyre in their corner, making quick tags. Eventually, Tyre is able to come back and tag in Rosemary, who hits a sling blade, followed by an exploder suplex for a two count. Uh, Perazzo comes back with a flatliner, tagging in Kimberly. And they knock uh, Tyre off the apron as they try to double team Rosemary. But Tyre comes back in with a double clothesline. The match breaks down and all four women are brawling in the ring. Uh, Perazzo goes for a pump kick to Tyre but misses and accidentally hits uh, Kimberly. Rosemary follows up with her spear followed by the wing clipper to Kimberly. And in 6 minutes 59 seconds Tyre and Rosemary win to advance to the semi-finals. Mm, yeah, like, one, one, one thing that was like really apparent to me uh, during this match is that Ty and Rosemary, like they, they, they're like, you, you, you can tell when people like are genuinely friends, like they, they're like close off screen. Like I, I don't know why I kind of could just tell that like, they're, they're like gen- genuinely friends and they, they like working with each other. I don't know why I just kind of caught that vibe from them, but I, I, I did like the fact that they advanced in this tourney. I feel like you know, Diana Peraza, she on a roll, man. I don't, I don't really think this loss is gonna hurt her. I think a, 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 barring the um the you know the loss to Sue Young at Bound for Glory, uh, I think Diana Peraza has done a real solid job over the past uh two two months or month and a half or so since that pay per view took place. But like yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, Rosemary and Ty picked up the win, and it's gonna be interesting to see how the rest of this uh, tournament plays out. But of course, I'm banking on uh, Tasha Steeles and uh, Kira Hogan. They're, they're my pick too. I think they've just been fantastic this last year, um, and it, it's one of the things I really like about this tournament that Diana Perazzo doesn't need to be in there. She's already your knockouts champion. Uh, yeah. Kimberly taking the pinfall, it that's fine. It's not hurting Diana at all. And now you're going into the semis and three out of four of these teams have been established tag teams in Impact for a while. So you've got uh, Havoc and Nevaeh taking on Jordan Grace and Jazz. And you have Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles taking on Taya and Rosemary. Um, I'm with you. I see Kira and Tasha going to the final. And you're right, probably against Jordan Grace and Jazz. I think that makes the most sense here. And... Mm. Jazz can take the pinfall and be a good a good send off for her, um, and Steels and Kira being your tag champions. I, I think that's the way they're going to go. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this tournament. I think the women's division's fantastic on in Impact. I agree. I agree. We have Alicia Edwards backstage with Tenille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Uh, they're <laughs> trying to pitch to her new ideas for their. Their team, uh, a few weeks ago, Alicia Edwards wanted to be part of a team with Tanil and Caleb. And now Tanil's kind of on board with the idea and she's pitching ideas of matching ring gear and entrance music and stuff. But Alicia Edwards' mind is elsewhere and says, look, I, I don't really have time for this. Uh, I'm focusing on my husband who got attacked the other week. And Tanil and Caleb are like, well, if you don't have time for us, you're out of the team and we're going to have to teach you a lesson. Alicia just blows them off and is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You can teach me a lesson later. Um, I, not much really to say about this segment, to be honest with you. Let, let, let me, David, did you did you think that Tennille would be like a bigger deal in Impact? Like, I, I, I felt like I, I think she's done really good or de- decently for the time that she's been there. I know she took some time off. Uh, 
But like, did, did you did you always think that she would kind of be like more of a like more of a focus in in the women's division, or you think she's kind of you know good where she where she's at right now? Oh, I absolutely thought she'd be more of a focus. I wonder if Perazzo wasn't signed, whether she'd be in that role. Um, mm. But this gimmick to me just kind of feels like what she was doing in WWE. To be honest, I, I think <laughs> she's better than this. Um, I'm kind of getting. Miro on Dynamite vibes, you know, you you see someone mm. break out from WWE and you know they're talented and you're looking forward to seeing what they do and then they're given a kind of silly comedy gimmick again. I think she plays the character well, but I don't see why they can't kind of marry this character with a more serious in-ring performance. I feel she barely wrestles as well. Yeah, that's like one of the things I've noticed over the past couple of weeks or so like even in the past couple of months like it's, it just seems like she isn't that she isn't in the ring that much and it's like more of these more so of these backstage segments and doing the stuff with caleb and i mean like like and i think you you probably you know hit the nail on the head right there like if perrazzo wasn't signed like would this be to spot and like i it, it you wonder was funny it was kind of like the same thing when she was with uh when she was in women of honor like right and even though they even though they didn't do that many backstage segments it was always like she played like that second fiddle or like she she just wasn't like she she had her chances but she was never the person that they wanted to go around like and it she she's kind of always been like that her entire career to be honest with yeah. you so it, it it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation for her I feel she is someone though that if you want to start to push her and make her a bit more of a serious contender it it only takes a couple of weeks really to to build her up but you kind of need to get away from this Caleb with a K stuff, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely time to dump that, bro. Sammy Callahan's in the ring and he's asking who the highest rated impact wrestler uh, of all time is and says, well, obviously it's me. Uh, he calls himself the best in ring, the best on the mic and the most must see wrestler on the planet. Sammy says he dragged Impact out of the trenches and made it what it is today and says that it is because of this he is able to get away with so many things, including hitting Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat. He then replays the scene from the March 1st, 2018 edition of Impact where um, Eddie Edwards, unfortunately, had his face bludgeoned by a baseball bat uh, by accident and said that... Yeah, not nasty. They do cut away from this as they show it. It's such a horrible, horrible moment. And says they—they they always want to ask. You, I always want to ask somebody this, right? So let let just, just hypothetically, let's say you was in that situation, right? Do, do you think like you could ever in, in this lifetime be cool with Sammy Callahan again? Like I'm talking about all screen. Do you think you could ever like like let let that go? E- even even though it, it appears that Eddie is fully recovered, like. Like I, I know me personally, but I, I I don't think I could let that go. Like I don't, I don't think I could. Let that go. I was wondering what you think about it. Uh, I kind of feel as a wrestler, you have to. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like you're right, these you're right, you're right. these accidents happen. Uh, I I mean it, it's down to you. Obviously, Bret Hart has never forgiven Goldberg <laughs> for what happened to him. But yeah. I don't know if you remember that podcast with Austin, and obviously Austin had his neck broken by brett's brother owen and Mm. he's kind of like ah well you know these things happen it's what 
what you're signing up for when you're when you're a wrestler right if if i went to you andrew hey andrew lay down i'm gonna film this thing where i'm gonna pretend to hit you with a baseball bat and i fucked up yeah i think you have a right to kind of be pissed but right it's a thing that was agreed to beforehand i I can't say i'd be too happy if it happened but thankfully he's okay and it's it comes with the territory you're you're wrestlers you're, you're stuntmen you know like these things are going to happen sometimes. Right. Um, right. And I've also not got a problem with it being used in an angle because fuck it, it's happened. Why not make right. the most yeah, yeah. of it? It's like if I had my head caved in, at least try and make it not completely pointless. And it has it has added, added to Eddie's evolution of his character, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Callahan basically says ratings were slumping, so I did it again uh, to bump a rating. And it's a shame that Shamrock had to get suspended for it this time round. So Sammy goes to roll the footage from a couple of weeks ago, but instead Alicia Edwards comes out and Callahan says, hey, if you step in this ring, I will break your neck. And Alicia says, well, this time I didn't come alone. And Eddie Edwards jumps Callahan from behind. This time Edwards grabs the baseball bat and swings at Callahan, but he is able to escape. Um, so I guess we're getting the the seventy fourth match between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards coming up. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like, like we just talked about. Like, I think that that segment has like bonded them forever on screen. Like, as long as they are in Impact together, bro. Like, there's no way Impact isn't going to revisit this uh, from from time to time, and, and it's going to be something that's going to last for like a month. And I and I mean that that is kind of like what comes with it. Like, you know, that they created this. They, they didn't create they you know they just walked into this thing and it's going forever bond them together in impact so and like it's going to be one of those things where impact can always go back to this and i'm pretty sure sammy and eddie probably they, I'm, I'm like i, I know I, i've heard them both in interviews say that they've like working with each other and they always enjoy the in-ring portion of working with each other so i'm sure it's not a not a big thing and and like Eddie Edwards, dude. Like I swear, like I, I genuinely forgot that he was Impact World Champion. Like that reign was so short. Yeah. Like, and so it's, it's gonna be like I'm I'm curious to see if they really try to dive back into this or if this just just some like you know like so something that's like a couple weeks worth of backstage segments or if they really like do a deep dive into this thing between Sammy and Eddie again. I think the two have good chemistry, but I'm not about it. As I said, I've only been watching Impact since March and these guys have already had about three or four matches on TV during that time alone. Uh, Forgetting going back the previous years, this feud has kind of run its course. I feel it's just treading water and doing the same thing. Um, I prefer to see them go in different directions, but it is what it is. After the segment, Eddie Edwards is backstage celebrating his return and... Alicia tells him that now she's helped him with his problem. He needs to help her with her problem. I, I guess alluding to Tennille and Caleb with a K. So perhaps we're getting a, a mixed tag match in the next few weeks. We go to our main event of the evening, which is Chris Bay and Moose taking on Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Um, as Moose and Swan are about to square off to start the match, Chris Bay blind tags himself in 
And Bay and Swan have a really, really entertaining exchange at the beginning of this, both showcasing their their speed and their their hops. They're both leaping over each other, um, mm-hmm. giving you a bit of a taste of what's to expect this Saturday. Um, these two, I think, are going to have a cracking match. They mesh together so well here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think this is going to be like one of the more in, like one of the more entertaining matches we might see this year. I, I feel like, or at least over the past couple of months, I think they really going to try to you know, put put on something special. And, you know, again, uh, like I, I agree with your earlier point that we, that we made earlier during the podcast. Like I think I think Impact does need to really like lock in on one specific champion. But like with, with, with the theme they've been going since August or yeah, yeah since August, uh, you, you know, <laughs> you, you know, any, anything can happen. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset if Chris Bay did beat Rich Swan, but at the same time, I do agree with the point that they really just do need to Sit, sit, sit steady with a champion, man, until at least their, their, their next pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I think probably until you unify these titles, the TNA Championship and the Impact Championship, Moose gets tagged in, and every time he makes a tag during this match, he's hitting Bay really hard, clearly does not mm. like the guy. He, he hits these huge Uranagis to Mac. Like, Mac is a big dude, and Moose gets him up high, slamming him down was really impressive and then tags in bay and just power bombs him on top of mac for a two count uh quite a fun little spot there moose and bay continue to make uh quick tags isolating mac for a long portion of the match uh moose starts talking trash to swan who's on the apron but turns around and gets hit by a stunner but doesn't go to the mat so mac hits him with a second stunner this time knocking moose down and Mac makes the tag to Swan, who kick- hits these three spin kicks, goes for a Hurricane Rana, but this gets countered into a powerbomb. Uh, Swan makes a comeback with a top rope Hurricane Rana to Bay, who lands on top of Moose. Tags in Mac, who goes for the six-star frog splash, but misses. Mac then hits a pop-up uppercut to Bay, but gets hit by the spear from Moose. And Moose has been doing this thing recently, where after the spear, he just continues to beat down on the guy until they get knocked out or the referee calls for a stoppage. This is ever since the EC3 feud. So Moose continues to beat down on Mac, but Swan comes in with the axe kick. The two start brawling on the outside and uh, Chris Bay just crawls over um, and picks up the pin on Mac. So Bay pretty much stealing the win from Moose here. Moose did all the work, but Bay picked up the win and as they say in wrestling, the big Mo going into the championship match on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, like as we said earlier, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, Chris Bay and and, and Rich Swan mix it up. I'm, I, I'm, I'm. It is one of those matches, man. With with they, their styles, just really match up. And and I'm and I'm curious to see like what what, what stuff they're gonna pull out to try to like. I, I feel like it's gonna be just a match of like trying to just like one up everything that probably has been done this year or or maybe they switch it up you never know but you know i'm definitely going to tune in to see uh what they do on saturday yeah i I think it's going to be really entertaining two two high flyers who can who can mix in kind of the mat work as well uh i think it's going to be a really good match i do have swan retaining though no um after the match rich swan with his championship is going to the parking lot and he gets mm. stopped by a security guard. Here we go. Who says, 
uh, right, I need your name. He's like, oh, it's, it's Rich Swan. And he's like, oh, sorry, you're not on the list. Ugh, hate it, not on the list. Swan's like, well, look, I, I'm the champion here. I should be going out. Goes, no, it's been blocked off by the champion for the entire evening. The entire parking lot is blocked off. And Swan's like, ugh, what's that Moose doing again? Because obviously Moose has been referring to himself as the true champion for the last few months. He's like, oh, no, I'm not talking about Moose. I'm talking about Kenny Omega. Chris, uh, mm. sorry, Rich Swan is is kind of furious by this and walks off as Josh Matthews walks past him, gives his name to the security guard uh, as he's there to interview Kenny and Callis and security checks his name off and lets him through. Just another great little moment on the show, disrespecting impact, disrespecting the championship and planting these seeds for a bigger feud. Man. Hey, David, like, I, I, I know we, uh, we, we, we talked about it briefly earlier. Like, it's like, do, do you think they, they'll, they'll go the route of champion versus champion? Or do you think that's something they'll probably try to avoid? As I'm pretty sure both don't want their world champions losing. And like, when, I, 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 I think AEW has more stroke in the situation. So I know if that, if that match was happening, I know they ain't, they ain't gonna let Kenny Omega lose. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure Impact probably wouldn't want Rich Swan losing either. But we're talking about who has the bigger pull in this relationship. I think we can all agree that it's AEW. So, so would you think that they they would go this route? You think they probably, you know, just just, just, just this is just something that they're they're teasing and not something that they're actually gonna go through with. I think there were enough teases where I could buy a champion versus champion match. I think mm. from from all the digs on this show, especially if they continue. I do eventually see, maybe I'm just fantasy booking here and getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> I do see retaliation. I do see a kind of invasion at some point on Dynamite. Um, okay, let, let's let say we are having that Ethan Page-Darby Allen match. I wouldn't be against bringing the TNT Championship to Impact for a little bit, for mm. storyline purposes. I think there are enough digs on this show making Impact look minor league that they have to get some sort of comeuppance like they've they've got to get their own back otherwise why would you air this on your tv you know right because you can't just lie down be like yeah we're we're second rate we're minor league and never get your own back so i do see some kind of retaliation at some point do you think that somebody from impact was the person that's been attacking moxley over the past couple weeks I think the the easy go to is Gallows and Anderson. Um, mm. That makes the most sense, and they were also not on the show tonight. Um, mm. That's a good one. But yeah, I, I still like. I still kind of hope maybe Kenta because eventually you're gonna have to somehow work your way out how you're doing that match with the US title in New Japan. There's so many pieces right now all over the place. Um, but perhaps they're not revealing who attacked Moxie yet because they're trying to figure it out themselves. They're trying to figure oh, out yeah. what what the best thing they can do is. I mean, if they end up not being able to get a Kenta or not being able to get a Gallows and Anderson, they can just have it another guy on your AEW roster to start a feud. But um, I, I guess they're just trying to see what they can actually get away with. 
but we're talking right and that's that's the main thing it it's making us interested in all these shows right now which is which is only good for wrestling i think we go i I, I agree with you on that we go to our true main event of the evening this is what you all came here for guys josh matthews interviewing kenny omega and don callis Josh enters the tour bus and it's it's a very, very nice looking tour bus here. And he's kind of calling for Don and Kenny and they're not there. So he takes a seat and then Callis and Kenny enter from another room on the bus, both in their sunglasses, uh, both looking fly as fuck here, um, taking a seat and they set the AEW championship in the middle of the table in front of them. And as Josh Matthews is talking, Callis just cuts him off and says, right, I'm going to interrupt you here because I want to give a gift to Impact Wrestling because we're going to do the ceremonial changing of the nameplates. And he's like, Matthews, just entertain yourself while we do this. Talk to yourself here. And they're they're unscrewing the nameplate of John Moxley and replacing it with Kenny Omega. Uh, Callis starts showing off the new nameplate to the camera, and Kenny goes to Matthews here, goes, uh, y- you were close to Ambrose, right? It were tough enough season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> was was Ambrose somehow involved in tough enough season one? I don't recall. I know Matthews was, but I'm not aware of that at all. Um, tough enough season one what what like what that that dude like yeah i, I swear david like anything that was like more than uh five or four months ago seems like a blur with this year that this feels like the longest year in history you, you, so like in, in, anything prior to that is like <laughs> you're right there I think they were just trying to bring up matthew's association with wwe and obviously uh uh Moxley's, Ambrose's association with WWE, but kind of very disrespectful calling him Ambrose here, I thought. Uh, Callis calls him a Stamford Stooge. Um, Omega offers the nameplate to Matthews and then was like, ah, oh, we don't need this anymore and just tosses it away. Um, Callis goes, right, I'm going to answer your question. Um, how long was this in the works? Well, it wasn't just an overnight thing. It wasn't a two-night thing or a two-week thing. Um, even a two-decade thing, this has been in the works for 27 years when I, Don Callis, started training to be a wrestler. And I was trained by the Golden Sheik, Kenny Omega's uncle. And I would see this 10-year-old curly-haired kid, Kenny, um, around the, the gym, around training, and I wanted to look out for this kid like the Sheik looked out for me. And says, so this plan has been in the works for a long time. Do you think I wanted to work for New Japan just to be a colour commentator? No. I was there so I could be there for when Kenny won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He says, it was all part of the plan to come back to uh, to come back to Interpact Wrestling. And it was all part of the plan when Tony Khan invited me to call the match of Kenny versus Hangman. And subsequently, Kenny versus Moxley for the AEW Championship. He says that most people will only make history once, but they make history twice. 
They made history when they booked Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at the Tokyo Dome. And this is what spawned Tony Khan to give birth to AEW. Callis says that they're on course to change the history of wrestling once again by having the greatest wrestler in the business as your AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Josh asks if Kenny thinks that the way he won the AEW Championship tarnishes his legacy. And Kenny and Don look very, very offended by this question and goes, yeah, I agree to this gentleman's agreement, but... Don Callis is a father figure. He's family. And once Moxley put his hands on him, that gentleman's agreement went out the window. He's like, does it tarnish my legacy? No. Everyone wanted to see me as champion because I'm the greatest wrestler on the earth. When you ask of the greatest matches of all time, I'm in them. And not just singles matches. Your greatest tag team matches, hardcore matches, cinematic matches, best matches in AEW. You look at the top 20 matches in AEW history, I'm in 17 of them. I'm in the greatest matches in Mexico, in Japan, in UK, in Zimbabwe, everywhere. You name them, Kenny Omega is in the greatest matches there. And as I've come to Impact, Josh, you should pay me with some respect. He says that he's in Impact Wrestling because he can. He says that as a kid, he saw himself as a bit of a hobbyist and a collector. And he used to collect all these comic books, but eventually he had to quit. As no matter how rare these comics were, he could never get his hands on the rarest. He says that the rarest comic of all is Action Comics number one. It's the debut of Superman. And now... As he has the AEW Championship, that is the Action Comics number one of pro wrestling. He says it's the most valuable prize in all of pro wrestling. And as he has that, he can enjoy being a collector again. He can come and come to Impact and collect other titles. And he likes traveling. He likes going to other promotions and just wants to add to his collection. He says that he basically describes... Uh, the Impact Championship as Spider-Man edition number one. He says, yeah, it's good, but it's not Superman. He says that if we think Kenny and Don arriving in style tonight was cool, what they've got planned for tomorrow night on Dynamite is going to be even cooler. And Don's like, oh, please give us a clue. Please give us a clue. So Kenny says, all right, Lex Luger. That's my clue. So I assume he's alluding to the like Lex Express Championship Tour uh, from 1993. I imagine a really extravagant bus uh, parading around Jacksonville, showing off his championship. A bit of like a like a world champions tour here. And then he goes, and I'm going to give you one more gift. And Don's going, do do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. He's like, nah, I'm not going to wrestle for you tonight, but I will. Bid you all adieu, goodbye, and good night. Bang! And as they walk off, Kenny's going, ha, kind of like that Josh guy. And Callis's like, nah, he's still a Stamford stooge. As Josh Matthews is left there shaking his head and impact goes off the air. Yeah, man. The, 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 the cleaner is back, obviously, officially. Because like, well, I, I remember he stopped doing the... Um... The, the the sign off at last year's 
what was that fight for the fallen i think that was the last time he did it because i think they that that show was for um the the, the money the money for that show went to victims of gun violence right and I, and I think I think that's why he he didn't do it on that show. And I don't think he I don't think he did it since 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 that show. So it, it was kind of cool to see that um that you know that whole thing return. And that's like a uh, throw throw throwback to the, the the Kenny Omega of old that we all uh, grew so fond of. Yeah, I mean it's a very it's a very New Japan thing, isn't it? Closing the show with your champion talking in the ring and having a send off. It's not really what's done in North American wrestling. So. Uh, it has been a while and you're right I think he probably did it for that show there and uh, what was it all in he'd have done it for but uh, so it's pretty cool ending with that but what did you think here I, I wouldn't say necessarily uh, huge news coming out of he's confirming that he's doing this or doing that but again it was subtle little clues and digs mm-hmm. um, they they kind of make a dig at Rich Swan. They're like, oh, yeah, Rich, Rich Swan's, yeah, gr- great wrestler, great wrestler, but he isn't Kenny Omega, you know? Um, mm. So, again, just planting the seeds and kind of made me think the way he's talking about collecting that maybe it's not just Impact we're going to see Kenny at. Maybe we've already seen some kind of arrangement with NWA. Maybe we'll somehow see him at an NWA show or possibly even a like a ring of honor show or an mlw show what do you think i'm i'm getting out of control here or uh what what did you make may, of this may, may, maybe with the mlw <laughs> maybe with the mlw but uh no but I, no honestly I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh nick Aldis pop up on dynamite because i know he said publicly that uh tony khan offered him a deal and you know it, 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 it was good but nick wanted i guess nick just wanted to stay with the nwa and i, I wouldn't be surprised to see him you know, pop up on Dynamite after, you know, after Cody does this thing or whatever, or if there's a thing with Shaq. So it's going to be, uh, I think AEW got quite the couple little surprises, man, that they, that they, that they holding on to. Like the first they had this thing and then we got this thing with, uh, AEW and Impact and I don't, I don't feel like this is the end of it. Like I feel like there's going to be a couple more things. Like the, obviously the, the relationship with NWA is already there. And like, I, I think, you know, with with the United Wrestling Network, with them not being able to film and then not uh, being like a new new uh, content that has that hasn't already been shown already for their Shockwave series, I feel like them kind of having Nick Aldis going as the main representative is the best way to do it. To and I think that benefits NWA as well because it'll provide them with more content. And then I think Nick Aldis is a big enough name to come into AEW and make a splash. Absolutely, I'm with you there. NWA seems the seems the obvious one to have a involvement with this storyline as well. Um, I, I thought this was great. You, you mentioned earlier that you think Callis and Kenny need to stay together. Um, yeah, both their promos here were were excellent. I thought uh, Josh Matthews as well. I thought played his part really well, just being bullied by these guys. Um, this wasn't just... I, I was kind of expecting maybe just a a video call-in thing. I like that it felt like a proper segment and went for a good 10 minutes as well. So I, I didn't feel cheated by this at all. Um, but yeah, tomorrow's dynamite. You're right. It, you've got the Shaq thing, you've got the Sting thing, and now you've got the Kenny thing. Uh, I think they could have a very big number. Uh, I think they yeah. could... They could almost equal last week's, if not surpass it, because there's so much buzz going into tomorrow's show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the that's the main goal is try to like, I, and, and they they openly talk about it. I, I think one of their main goals is try to you know break the million hump. Like, I, I think they're trying to get over that 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 number. Like, they they were kind of they, they 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 were somewhat you know you know that they they, they 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 weren't all they weren't like you know halfway there, but they were they they were close enough to you know to a million. And I I think that's the the, the ultimate goal for them. Uh, as far as ratings goes right now is to get back over that mark. And I, I think just with the way that they're building towards these shows and like the hype behind it, like even with Kenny, like you mentioned, like leaving that last little tidbit about, you know, tuning in the dynamite because he got a big announcement to make that that's going to build a tree. And people going to be like, well, what's this big announcement? Well, let me tune on dynamite to see. And then you're on top of that. You got Shaq coming in. Shaq is bringing in a whole different audience. People go tune in to Shaq for the entertainment aspect. And then you got Sting. People going to want to hear Sting talk like. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, of course, we're going back to the Shaq thing. I think people are kind of, you know, thinking that's going like all wrap up with Jay Cargill and Shaq versus Brandy and Cody. Maybe that's that, that that's something that's going to come out of that. And then, of course, you got the impact uh, AEW thing. And, and maybe, but, but you know what? I, I don't think they should. But I mean, I mean if, it, if it's a surprise, then it's no, it's, I don't think it's going to be an issue. But like, I think they should. Maybe save just a little bit of the impact AEW stuff for a couple because I feel like tomorrow's show. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of loaded already as it is. Yes, I feel maybe this Impact AEW some uh, story is something you can you can kind of build slowly and just keep on doing the digs. Obviously, Kenny's doing his his promo tomorrow, and I'm sure it'll be addressed somewhat. Um, but you don't necessarily need the war right away. You know, yeah. you can you can build this up gradually. You've got enough there already with Shaq and Sting. Um, but I, I think they're going to get a huge number tomorrow. Um, it's a really buzzworthy show. And they- uh, I, mean, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you this, Daddy. Like, specifically speaking on NXT, I want to get your thoughts about it. Like, how do you think uh, Triple H and his team kind of bounces from this, man? Because they, they, like, dude, like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I, I feel like they just, they, they got put in a real rough spot. Because I feel like, I, I, like, I feel like over these next couple of weeks, AEW just about to, do do them dirty in the rating in the ratings, man. Like it's like in NXT. The thing is, bro, NXT is is good. It is like this is really good. Like they have a really really good show, but it's just like I don't know why it seems like no nobody's like really coming out of it. Like really, like super duper amped about it. Like how people are with what was going on with this AEW AEW thing right now. Like I, I it's like a weird thing. Is like NXT is putting out some really really good solid content and like i'm enjoying most of what they put out like legit and i enjoyed the war game show i think that was a really good show and like it's just it's just crazy to see like the 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 the, the buzz levels between the two like am i, am I kind of off at saying that like it's no like one has yeah hey but, brayden and i as we say are your nxt friends we we love nxt we've watched it for years um we do our show obviously every wednesday night but the last couple of weeks We've kind of wanted to watch AEW first. Obviously, we don't because we do the podcast, but I think... And the shows have been good. And the shows have been good. And I think any other night, I think you that comparison would be less. And I think you'd enjoy mm. it for what it is. But when you know there's something so buzzworthy on another channel, it kind of... I, well, it kind of makes you enjoy the show a bit less. At least for me, it does. Mm. Um, I feel over the last few weeks... NXT have maybe not been trying to compete against what's happening and just focus more on 
their storytelling and what they want to tell. Uh, it's interesting that they're doing this New Year's Evil special, which, as far as I'm aware, nothing's been mentioned as it being a big night of AEW. And if this competition between NXT and AEW has made them learn that these weekly TV specials are a good thing and a good thing for business and to lead to, maybe just keep doing that and don't focus so much what's happening on the other channel. Because um, mm. I think they put out a good product. I wouldn't at all be surprised if we eventually see the night change. Um, yeah, like, uh, which uh, I know uh, a lot uh, of people, a lot of your NXT haters will be going like, oh, they're, they're defeated, they lost. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> who fucking cares? You know, just enjoy the show. And if it if it means it'll get higher ratings on another night, which means it gets to stay as a weekly program, then whatever, fine. Like you, you, you and whoever, I, I feel like both both of them, AEW and NXT, are legit taking like at least four hundred thousand viewers away from each other each night. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like both of them would be in that eight hundred to a million range every week. Like really, if they weren't so, if they weren't head to head right now, and man, like dude, like NXT just got the shit in in the stick, bro. Like they, they, cause I mean, like. Bro, they were already on Wednesday. I know. As it is on the <laughs> network. Like you, you know what I mean. They were already, they've been on Wednesday. I don't know why people think they just jumped. Up. I mean, they they weren't on the USA network, but they they NXT has been on Wednesdays. But like they they, I'm, I'm sure you know as somebody that has paid attention to NXT. Man, I'm telling you, bro, those days when they was on the network, man, I'm telling you, shows were great. Like like I remember this this one moment, and I don't mean to go over the tangent, but this is one moment I remember when Alistair Black was feuding with Johnny Gargano and Alistair Black cleared the parking lot. I'm talking about black mask, everybody oh, yeah. came in the ring, pressed out William Regal. Like I, that that was like one of the best segments, bro. And like it's it's like ever since they moved to the network and to, to USA network, it feels like it, it's it's like more I mean and, and 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 that's what it is. It's just more week by week booking. And it's been good, but it's like when they when they were taping, man, it was just so precise, and everything was like you was like, oh, I remember when that person did that a couple months ago. I remember, I, I know that's why they attacked them this week. You know what I'm saying? It was just like those little more intricate storylines. But now it's like they kind of in a position where, like, dude, like even if I was in that position, like it's it's only so much you you could take it. It's like just getting out buzzed every week, just before you like, all right, now it's time to turn it up a little bit like i was wondering what you think about that overall yeah i I used to say nxt was one of my favorite tv shows not one of my favorite Mm. wrestling shows one of my favorite tv shows an episode would end and uh just like a game of thrones or a breaking bad or whatever i'd theorize with my friends oh what's gonna happen next oh that cliffhanger was so good and where do you see this going and this going now it feels like a really good wrestling show i watch the show i enjoy it i enjoy it for what it is and then I switch it off and I don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. AEW is creating that buzz. It is making me think, oh, what's what's happening next? And that's what NXT has lost since going to USA. And, and whether that's because beforehand they would do these tapings and they would map out these stories a lot more. Um, I don't know what it is, but it, it has definitely lost that it factor. Um, and I agree with you that I'm right here moment with johnny gargano and alistair black one of the mm. the greatest ends to a show it was Chef, just fantastic Chef's kiss man yeah that's kiss man it was perfect <laughs> they're just it was perfect. there's a new cool kid on the block you know that they're, they're not the cool kid anymore yeah. unfortunately it's yeah. still it's still one of the best wrestling shows you can watch weekly they, 
David, you you wanna know what's crazy, bro? Like NXT used to be that. Like that that cool kid on, on the like and, and it's crazy how like things have changed, man. Like, cause I, I'm dude, I remember like when I mean, and, and it's still kind of the same to be honest with you, bro. Like, I, I like I I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the news segments uh, on the post raw show, I fell asleep and I had to join Way and Nate at like 12, 12 a.m. to to come uh, pre record <laughs> pre record the segment because I was knocked out because raw raw was born, bro. Like yeah. and I fell asleep. and 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 like it was just it's just crazy to see like the turnaround, man. Because I remember when I used to be so amped to see NXT. And like when like when it came on on Wednesdays on the network, that just that one hour, and like I'm man, it's it just crazy to see this turnaround and how much things have changed. But NXT is still putting out a good product, a good product. But like you said, they just AEW is just a new thing, and they got all these celebrities and Sting, and you know what I'm saying, and this impact relationship, and it's just like NXT. Like, do, do you think? Do, do you? I mean, like, I, I, I even if I feel like uh, NXT were to do something collaborating with another organization i feel like it's just gonna backfire and everybody's gonna be like you know oh they they only been reactionary and even if they were to move to a different a different day just like you say it's gonna be like oh they've been defeated like it, they, they 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 in a weird spot bro they are yeah i mean i i'd be maybe more for another tournament like in the past when they've done the cruiserweight classic or the may young classic and they've mm. bought in independent talent who aren't signed with them um maybe that will but i I don't know how much that translates to the for for wrestling fans that's cool i don't know how much that translates to just your everyday fan watching it you know like i'd love that i'd love to see um the next dusty classic having some more tag teams from all over the world involved rather than your roster that's already there but yeah I think it just needs I think it needs a big shake up I think unfortunately your likes of Undisputed Era Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano they've outstayed their welcome in NXT and I'm massive fans of them and I'm worried about what will happen to them if they go to the main roster like I do worry about them (laughs) but unfortunately they're not particularly entertaining anymore because we've seen them there for so long and what always kept NXT fresh was that conveyor belt of cycling in and out talent. And that's what's missing from that now. But would you think seeing people from Raw and SmackDown would help in any way? Or do you think that's just like, eh, like, nah, no, just let's stay away from that. Not long term, because mm. anyone worth bringing down, I don't think they're going to sacrifice. So it's cool having a Sasha Banks come down for a month but if you're talking about a permanent move what you're gonna bring a Dolph Ziggler down like <laughs> it's who who put, nah, nah, who put on great matches but like that's the kind of talent you're gonna Cesaro again great matches but not gonna build a buzz you're not gonna be bringing Roman Reigns to NXT you know yeah. you're not gonna be bringing <laughs> Seth Rollins or Brock or whatever to NXT so it's difficult. I think at the moment they they should probably just kind of focus on doing what they're doing. Try to really try to build some new stars there. Um, I see someone like Bronson Reed. If he can work on his promo and character a bit more, I really see him as someone who could break out and be a star there. Um, but yeah, you you you, you, you want to know who I really think could be of help to NXT? I I I, I really think Shinsuke Nakamura. 
like him going back to NXT, I, I think that would be like I, I don't think it would be something that's going to like you know take take them ratings wise. But I feel like a lot of people are interested in Nakamura enough, and to the point where he really hasn't been doing much of anything on WWE TV, like on SmackDown or Raw, like except for that tag title run with Cesaro, that was like kind of forgettable. I, I feel like him returning to NXT would be kind of like okay, th- th- this is a start to. You know, just generating uh, just just a just a tad bit of buzz because just the, just the way he was presented in NXT when he was first there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I don't know what his status is, but Samoa Joe as well. You know, man, oh, um, just just bring back all the ex champions except, <laughs> except Bobby Roode and Bo Dallas, but everyone else can come back. <laughs> man, but oh my goodness, Joe, you, you you mentioned that Joe, Joe would be perfect because he he hasn't wrestled, so that would be perfect. Like that would lose. That would feel fresh. That would feel fresh. Yes. Even yes. as a Wade Barrett's off for a week, so you have Joe step in, like you had with Kevin Owens the other week. But it could be a way to set up an angle. That kind of thing would be cool. Um, yeah, and would mix up with a whole new new crop of people. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what his status is. Really, it's it's kind of strange. I think he's great on commentary, but I want to see Joe wrestle again. I just put out that. Best match ever, Samoa Joe title run. He's good. He's good, guys. He's a good wrestler. <laughs> Check that. That was the one with Benno, right? It was, was yeah. Good, I, I like that. That was a good podcast, man. Y- y- y'all killed that. Thank you. Thank you very much. But this was our Impact review. So um, we kind of talked in detail about the Impact AEW relationship, the stuff with Tony Khan, the stuff with Kenny Omega. Do you think Impact did enough here to create new fans for Impact? impact do you think what they showed off from the body of their show with their content was enough to keep uh your AEW fans who may be tuned in tonight uh to keep them around yeah i, I know i definitely think impact has drawn j- just a bit of AEW's fan base just because of the connection that's there the obvious uh working relationship that's 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 intact um like i, I, I you want to know what's gonna be interesting like i, I think it is going to be interesting to see if this AEW relationship kind of helps Impact get charted in the ratings. Because normally we don't really see the Impact rate. Like, you got to do some deep digging mm. to get the Impact ratings. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see if they get charted, um, you know, in, in, in the ratings tomorrow. Like, I, I think that's going to be a that's going to be a big thing going forward. Like, and, and, and I feel like the another big thing, like you mentioned with Tony Khan and, like, these little subtle digs at Impact, I think Tony, I think that could be a thing that they could use in the future. Like, hey, you know, we helped Impact get up in the ratings. And if it wasn't for us, you know, you guys wouldn't be doing this and doing that. So, like, it, it, it's, it's a lot of ways to play off this, man. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job uh, tonight. I don't know how much, because um, obviously this is pre-taped. Uh, yeah. I don't know how aware, like, when this relationship came about i do kind of feel if they knew they were going to have a lot of eyes i I thought the show was good i thought the matches were good i think you'd maybe put a title match on or something a bit of a bigger deal not not so much your 10 minute what what was the main event seven minutes i think you maybe put a more substantial kind of 15 minute 20 minute two segment match on perhaps uh for your title to make it feel like a bigger deal and a bigger show but obviously we're not quite sure when everything came about um i did think it was interesting as we mentioned earlier the the lack of comedy tonight because they normally lean quite heavily on that we didn't have any of sue young and her zombie brides or father james mitchell or any of that um 
even the shooting of Johnny Bravo was it was there, but it was it was kind of downplayed. So I don't know if that was a deliberate decision to not have people tune in, be like, oh, what's all this rubbish, you know? Um, but I thought overall, I found it uh, the the AEW stuff aside, I, I found it a, a strong episode of Impact, and, and I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on those sentiments. It's a solid episode, and, and like for real, for real, bro, it, it's it's up to Impact now to keep the ball rolling because I don't feel I don't feel like AEW stopping like. They 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 got Sting, they got Shaq, they got you know their own fuse going on. And I feel like Impact, they they I feel like Impact needs to start getting the ball rolling as far as like establishing, you know, they 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 already got this stuff established. But I feel like the the, the key is not being too reliant on this relationship. I feel like that's that that's that's where it goes left. Like when you start banking on this thing, then I feel like AEW is like, hey, we 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 good regardless. But I feel like I feel like Impact. They really need to like play play off the relationship, but don't completely bank in on this thing. As far as like losing sight of your overall product and where you're going for with your characters, I agree. They've got, they've got to use it. They've got to know that they're going to have more eyes on them. Not rely on it, but start you know knocking it out of the park. What they're going to deliver. Right. So you, you're keeping those eyes. So it's not people are tuning in just for the AEW segments because. What you're going to end up having is people just look on YouTube tomorrow and just click the Kenny interview rather than watch the whole show. The The idea is you should come to watch Kenny and then you go, huh, that Chris Bay's really good. Mm. You know, it, it's like in the UK, we used to have imports come over for our um, our like indie shows. And you, you'd go to an indie show because you saw the Hurricanes going to wrestle there. And then... <laughs> And then your eyes open up to Zack Sabre Jr. You know, that's kind of what what Impact should be doing. And I, I thought they did a fairly good job week one. Um, it'll be interesting where, to see where they go going forwards. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Well, that brings an end to this very rare Impact review here on Post Wrestling. Uh, you can check out my full report on uh, the Post Wrestling website. I do a report every Tuesday on Impact. I can't promise we'll be doing an Impact audio review every week but you can always check in with my reports uh andrew i believe you just had an interview with julia smokes go up on the site yeah man i interviewed uh julia smokes and i'm very very pleased with the uh the response that i've gotten on on youtube with that 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 thing kind of shot up much more than i expected it to but he has a big following so uh like yeah so i I was kind of i was i was real surprised like just to see the numbers on that thing so i'm very happy with that um and yeah i just put up um the news update and you know a b- b- bunch of different items in there so people can go check that out too and just remind us what's your youtube channel andrew uh andrew thompson interview sir and we can find you on twitter at ad thompson underscore underscore as as, as way likes to uh poke fun at uh making <laughs> fun of my two underscores yeah underscore underscore uh you, <laughs> you can find me at davy portman i'll be back tomorrow night uh with Braden for our uh up next review of tomorrow night's nxt um if you want to listen to our thoughts on AEW, you can sign up to our patreon patreon.com forward slash up next we do uh thursday AEW reviews called up nextra where we kind of compare and contrast AEW to nxt uh this week we have on the patreon an episode of Up Yours, where we'll be talking to our world champion patron, Kevin Hudson from the Geek Centric podcast, all about Scott Pilgrim 
versus the world. And we have a brand new episode coming up of Best Match Ever, where we look at the best matches in the history of Starcade. That's all coming up this mm. week from me. Andrew, do you have any final plugs before we go? Uh, no, no. You mean you can just check out uh, all my written work over at Post Wrestling. Uh, I'll have some some more interviews coming out in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, just follow me on Twitter. Well, on that, I'm going to bid you all adieu. Good night. Oh, I, f- I fucked it up. Andrew, you do it. <laughs> good, good, good. How, how you doing? Good, good night. Mwah. Goodbye good night. and good night. Yeah, that's why we Thanks. podcast and we're not Kenny and Megan, you know. Ahoy! <laughs>